can, you know, through Aboriginal ways, just reach out to some of our mob. Working with the wider non-Aboriginal community and working with our own community together allows us to start eating. In the past, you know, people know who they are and that type of thing, but there hasn't been something there to bring everything together, to bring people together, and Native Title has done that. South Australian of the Year, Tanya Hosh, says racism is our country's unfinished business. And talking about it will make us better Australians. Hey, my name is Caleb Sweeting and welcome to Aboriginal Way. Tanya is a first Indigenous person and second woman to join the AFL at an executive level. Her leadership has made the game not only more inclusive for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander players, but women and gender diverse players too. Of all places... Tanya and I met in a food court and we both agree that it should be standard for anyone to be able to walk into a public place like this without being harassed or treated differently based on their race or gender. As an Indigenous woman, sadly, Tanya has been treated differently at various points during her life and we get to hear about her personal experiences with racism during this interview. We also get to hear about her proud career moments, and there are many of them, and why she thinks there are positive outcomes for all if we change the date of Australia Day. First off, Tanya, did you want to introduce yourself to Aboriginal Way? Yeah, sure. Um, Tanya Hosh um, was uh, born in Adelaide. Um, My natural mother's Welsh, natural father's Torres Strait Islander, I was born here and when I was three weeks old I was adopted into a family with an Aboriginal father who's a Darug man from New South Wales and a white mother. And Adelaide's mostly been home, done most of my growing up on Ghana country. And my job is Executive General Manager for Inclusion and Social Policy at the AFL. With an upbringing like that it kind of makes sense that you did go into this job. (laughs) But I'm sure it's taken a lot of hard work to get there. Yeah. Do you kind of, let's start off with uh, your achievement, your recent achievement as South Australian of the Year. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I want to hit you with, with a really hard question. How do you think we can all be better Australians in our everyday lives? Ah, okay, that is a good question. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, the thing that I think would make a significant impact on us as a country and, um, you know, ensure better outcomes for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples would be for us to deal with some of the systemic and institutional racism, um, not some of it, all of it, um, that still exists and really dealing with the unfinished business that I think would really help the country as a whole, help us all move on with a great deal more harmony and also just have a practical outcome of ensuring that everyone has a better um, experience of life, fairness, Mm. justice um, overall. So I think it's a win-win if we could achieve that. It would be amazing. Yeah. And do you think that we've just had Australia Day? And, you know, I'm interested to know what you think about changing the date. Do you think that that could be a step towards a more inclusive country? Yeah, I do think that. I think, you know, it's something that's been called for for a very long time. I thought what was interesting this year, the conversation went up a few notches. You know, I think it's a frustration that you have this conversation every year and it never sort of 
gets resolved and then we do it all again the next year. Yeah. I, what was good this year, I think, was that the people were sort of extending the conversation. It's just like, you know, let's not think that just changing the date is going to solve everything. It's one of many things that needs to happen. Um, and I think there's just so many opportunities um, that are positive from doing it. Um, you know, it's a no-brainer and hopefully, you know, that change and the will from the general public will help the political class understand that it's something the country really cares about. It's a step that's needed to move forward together, right? It's important that it's not just about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, it's about all of us moving together as one. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see that from the rallies and marches that happen on the day. It's not just Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people going to those. You know, it's people from all walks of life, you know, who really do want to ensure that the, you know, the first peoples of the country and our history um, is inclusive of all of the stories that create Australia's story, not just some of them. Yeah. One big story we did see through the final quarter, which is quite a moving film if you've seen it, is that... Only about 30 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> You're not sick of talking about it yet? No, no, it's great. Um, after seeing that, what I did notice about Adam Goods is the prouder that he was of his culture, it was almost like he was booed more for that. Why do you think... I want to see what you think about this. Like, Why do you think that it's okay for some Australians to see Aboriginal culture in, say, a museum, but when they see it on a footy field, it's like, whoa, hang on, I wasn't ready for that interested to know what you think about that yeah look I'm not sure that I know the answer to that question but I think what is really interesting and we've seen it in other parts of the world with um, other indigenous peoples and people of colour and I think that when you watch the final quarter it becomes clear the more Adam spoke about his experience and his passion for addressing racism and talking very directly about those things calling it out where he had experienced it in footy, I think, um, you know, the more you you will have people push back. Um, You know, I think it's often the case that um, people will support you if you're great at something, particularly sport, Mm. but then there's always this um, interesting discourse about whether or not Um, having that platform affords you the right to give a political view or a personal view about anything. And I think we're seeing it more and more, not just in sport but also in entertainment, Mm. that people are wanting to use their platforms to talk about the things they care about and I don't think that's going to go backwards. I think we're going to see more of that. So um, if that is confronting and challenging for people, I think that like a lot of things over time people will become more familiar with it and hopefully respect their right to use their platform in the way they see fit. Yeah, and you're kind of an example of the AFL and sport in general being ready to speak about these things, right? What, what's been a hard part of your job with the AFL and do you think that you've been able to create that change or start to create that change? Yeah, look, I think the change had been kicked off well before my time. So I've just come in at this point in time. You know, you have to go back to people like Michael Long, um, 
where he was behind um, Australian Rules Football having the first racial vilification policy in a sport, um, we think, in the world. Um, and he worked alongside other players like Michael McLean, uh, Gilbert McAdam and Shea Cockatoo Collins to really... Um, you know, make sure the league understood that vilification on field was not okay. So I guess while I'm there, I'm just trying to progress the steps and the path that had already been laid. Mm. Um, And, you know, the playing group and what they experience now, you know, uh, abuse and harassment on social media in particular, that's a new domain. Um, And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're an employer and players are at work. Yeah. And they deserve to be safe at work. Yeah. And they and their families should not be vilified mm. just while they're doing their job. So yeah. there's there's still a lot of work for us to do. But I think what it does, it speaks to the fact that there's still a lot of things structurally in place that don't adequately address some of these issues. And that's what we really need to, you know, um, continue to work through. Yeah. And it is a workplace. I feel like a lot of Australians forget that. It's kind of like we put AFL players on this pedestal, but and they are. like They're incredible what they're doing, but they're also people at work, yeah. and they don't deserve that to happen to them, just like you yeah. or, or yeah. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I am interested in your career before the AFL. Did you experience much racism in other roles or oh, in your yeah. life? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, still do. Don't expect that to change anytime mm. soon. I mean, um, certainly I'm in a really privileged position compared to a lot of people, so I think that I'm fortunate. But I certainly remember in my early years in the workforce, um, you know, from my first job, having some really overtly racist experiences um, and being very fearful about dealing with them. Um, In many ways, it was an extension from going to school. So... I think by the time I got to the workforce, I probably didn't really expect it to be very different. And as it turns out, it wasn't. Um, But I do think it's important that we make sure that there are things in place that our rights and the policies to protect our rights are enforced and that people know that they do have options. Um, But having said that, I also know that people who have made reports have sometimes come out of that really disappointed and not and haven't felt heard, so I can Mm. understand why people don't trust those systems as well. So, um, you know, all the work that I think we do and um, your organisation does is a really important part of helping educate the community and also, you know, standing up for the rights of people um, so that they, you know, do feel heard and hopefully are better protected is critically important. Mm there's still a big battle ahead I guess yeah. is what you're saying and yeah. we definitely feel that uh, sense and you know with the stuff we cover with Aboriginal Way yep. I also wanted to find out about what what your take is on racism and where it starts do you feel like you mentioned that in school it felt the same when you went into work and you know even in society now like we're in the City Cross food court and I'm sure that no matter where you go, it's kind of like you're not sure when it's going to come up. Do you do you think it starts in the schoolyard, and what what do you think we can do to, to change that or educate young people so they they know that it's wrong? 
Yeah, look, I do think that young people are being educated better about these things. Um, certainly the education system through the work of a lot of, you know, Indigenous Australians to fight to make sure the educational system actually taught the whole history of the country and the cultures that have always been here. And I think that is having an impact. I mean, certainly, you know, I've got a 13-year-old daughter and, you know, yeah. I know that she and her friends are very alert to when someone says or does the wrong thing. Um, so I think, you know, some of it will be generational, but, um, yeah, I think ultimately it starts at home. Yeah. And, um, you know, everything we take in, media, m- movies you know sport. Uh, sport you know everything impacts mm. our world view um, yeah. and you know the way that technology is that you can basically be connected to technology at every waking moment and yeah. so really thinking about those standards across the board that really present the system and the expectations of what's okay and what's not okay yeah they all count um, you know, what social media will allow counts. Um, mm. You know, I think you just hate to think that someone would not feel safe anywhere they went mm. in this day and age, but we know that it's the case that they still do. Yeah, definitely. And to finish off, I wanted to ask you about a quote that I've read by you, which is, you do what's right and not what's popular. Mm-hmm. Out of what you've done right most in your career what are you proud of it'd be hard to think about one thing maybe a few things (laughs) um i was very proud of um seeing the nikki winmar statue um come to life so to speak and be Mm. um unveiled in perth he's the first indigenous afl player statue ever um, Which is crazy. Yeah, I know. I why didn't, did it take so long? Yeah. Um, and also because it is that iconic pose of him pointing to his stomach and his skin saying that he's black and proud. Mm. You know, I think the fact that it wasn't a, a mark or a, or a great kick or a handball pose as well, what it stands for, represents more than just Nicky Winmar, the player. Um, very proud of that. It was a really hard project to get up. I had no idea how hard it was to... Um, work on a statue um, but absolutely worth it very proud of that Um, really proud that you know under my watch at the AFL we've had the first ever Aboriginal appointment to the AFL tribunal which is Peter Matera Mm -hmm. really proud of that you know because that's where decision making happens and yeah there's there's a range of things like that 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 maybe don't necessarily seem like big things but they actually really are and um, yeah I think I'm just proud that I'm in a position where I get to speak to um, decision makers at the highest level of Australian rules football Um, being the first ever Indigenous person appointed to the AFL executive is pretty big the second woman and just to be there, to be able to use my voice and take that opportunity. Yeah, I don't think when I went into the role, I understood what a big deal it was, but mm. I do now. You should be really proud. That's amazing. Yeah, I am. Thank you. And what about moving forward now? Is there 
what are you working on within the AFL and what changes do you want to see moving forward? So, um, obviously the Collingwood report done by uh, distinguished Professor Larissa Berent and Professor Lyndon Coombs from the University of Technology, Sydney, um, definitely be doing some work in the AFL about well, what does the AFL as an organisation need to do in response to the findings in that report that was commissioned by Collingwood Football Club um, and very shortly we'll be launching um, a, the review of the vilification code for football which is called Rule 35 um, and launching the findings from that and the recommendations that of changes and systems approaches we can take inside the game to hopefully provide better protections for people, greater awareness, and not just at the elite level but at community football level where we know that there's still a lot of um, vilification that occurs. That's really important. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we're really looking forward to seeing that unfold. Thank you. Thank you so much for speaking with Aboriginal Way, Tanya. Thanks, Caleb.